0: Hello, is this thing on?
1: All right, welcome back to another episode of Energy 101. We have a little bit of a different DW crew today. It is our last recording of the year. It is. Some people have last already, work day. last workday, yeah. some of our. Energy 101 bad bitches have already departed. So it is me, Sydney, Jules, special guest appearance Bye. by John, our uh, resident rad dad. <laughs> and John's going to introduce our guest for today.
2: Yeah, today we've got Bobby Nealon with us. Bobby and I uh, used to work together and so uh, wanted to get him out on the show. Bobby um, is currently working at Grayson Mill Energy. What is your title technically or all things data. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm
3: a senior data analytics engineer.
2: Cool. And so give you the, just a minute to kind of introduce us to you, give us a background of kind of where you're from, how you got into data and the energy space.
3: Sure. Yeah. So I was, uh, I got into industry about, I guess, eight years ago, 2014 And uh, before that, I was a teacher and a coach for about five years. Taught math. I got a math degree. coached Mm. baseball, basketball, football. You know, a little bit of everything.
0: Were you a high school teacher?
3: I was a high school teacher. Yeah, Mm. taught algebra, geometry, all the way up to precal, and then
0: uh, all the classes I hated. And yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome. Um,
3: But Bobby was the cool teacher, though. You were the cool teacher, of course. Um, But one summer, I was coaching um, a summer baseball team, and one of the dads like, "Oh, I think you'd be good at this whole." oil and gas thing and i was like dude i don't know anything about oil and gas he's like oh it doesn't matter you know it was like 2012 2013 at that right. point so it was rocking and rolling and um you know i put, I put it off for about a year and then i said you know let me go shadow see if it's something i, I could do or would enjoy mm-hmm. and um shadow a couple of people at conoco and the kind of the rest was history so nice i you know joined in july 2014 and uh yeah i showed up and I mean, it's kind of my standard line, but like I, I literally didn't even know what a VLOC was in Excel. I don't, you know, you look back, I'm like, why did they even hire me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know anything about oil. I didn't know it was about, you know, you had how potential. to use data. Yeah. So, um, and then they told me, you're going to be the Spotfire guy. I'm like, what's that? Um, which I guess we can get into that. Yeah. I was later. like, I don't know
1: yeah. what that yeah, is. But, you know, especially. Spotfire is like a
3: visualization tool that's used ah. pretty heavily in the industry. So, um, yeah, I kind of cut my teeth there. Then I actually joined uh, Reservoir Data Systems where John and I met. And, you nice. know, we're there to F stuff up.
2: Got him over to the <laughs> services dark cool. side yeah. for a little bit.
3: And then um, was at university lands for uh, about a year or two, um, part of the UT system. And then um, basically from there went on, joined uh, Grayson Mill Energy, where I'm at now. So Great. It's been a, quite the journey.
1: Well, welcome. <laughs> we're happy you're here. I know it's close to the holidays, so
3: appreciate yeah, you coming, coming. out. No, yeah. We were
1: supposed to record this a few days ago. The guys got a little too into the pickleball we were and very, we rescheduled. Very sweaty yesterday.
2: <laughs> so we, we were are. gonna do it yesterday after our pickleball game and we were all disgusting. So, so yeah.
1: appreciate the Figure change on the you. fly. Yeah.
0: Jules yes. is gonna kick us off. Yeah, our first hard hitting question. Um, I only want to know for personal reasons. Do you say data or data?
3: I say data personally, but data. But is I'll, there I'll...
0: is there a right or wrong way to say
3: it? <sighs> I mean, yeah, I was gonna say, I'm gonna answer your question with a question though is it <laughs> is it this data or these data
1: oh mm, so it this depends data. on context
3: so i so i guess it kind of goes back to i guess latin root because yeah data is plural so like if you talk mm. to any academic it'll be these data if they're talking about data it'll be these data say this or whatever oh. um, this which most normal people just say this data or something you know, like yeah. right. this data, but yeah. i guess but the singular of data is datum
2: uh, i have no idea
0: we're having an English yeah. class I here. know. So that's what I was also going to say is um, Bobby,
2: <laughs> Bobby also has a very strong English. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My mom, mom was an English yeah. teacher, yeah. Oh, so. no, really? No. Um, Bobby is a double threat as far as that goes. <laughs> he can help you with the algebra and the math on something, and then he can also make sure that the document that you're sending to a customer doesn't make you sound like a complete idiot.
3: Well, I mean, I guess, I, but ultimately there's like there's rules. In math, you got to follow rules, yeah. right? And, yeah. and then in English, then there's certain patterns that you got to. Yeah, I was always very good at proofreading as I went. Never even thought about that.
2: That makes sense.
1: So you say data.
0: Do you judge people that say data?
3: No. I mean, I may notice it, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't say anything. You're
0: like, yeah.
3: Well, except for her. I mean, but, so uh, stupid.
0: <laughs> no, this past week in the office, we've been having a debate on like, do you say pecans or pecans or caramel caramel? So if I say pecan in the office, I'm going to get fired.
1: Yeah. Well,
3: I, I think uh, some of that may have come up because John sent a couple of invites like to oh, Grayson Mill and he spelled G R E Y. <laughs> I was, and so
2: we he did said talk he about
3: that. like, we were just talking about that today. Yeah, we were gray talking about and gray gray. Versus gray mm-hmm.
0: and was, we like, were. That was the other thing.
2: Yeah. When I sent that, well, I was at home trying to get my kids in bed, and I was yeah, just like. just banging it out. <laughs> yeah, but I've got to do this before I forget to do it, and so I <laughs> sent the invite, and I wasn't even paying attention, to, so I, I spelled it wrong. I put an S on it. And it was Bubby. Bubby saved me on that end, but. It's fine. Uh, we made it. No, I wanted to ask you uh, really to here's my, my dumb question is why do oil and gas companies need data? I mean, why is that important to, <clears throat> to, or energy companies in general?
3: Yeah. I mean, I guess you answer it, Why does any company, you know, need data? Um, I mean, I think it's just to help you make more informed decisions, you know, and make decisions more quickly with, with confidence. Right. I mean, um, otherwise it's just, you know, gut feelings. And there's plenty of t- really talented people in the industry mm-hmm. that have good gut feelings, but, um, sometimes those gut feelings are wrong and sometimes the data is wrong too. But, yeah. um, I think it's important to be as informed as possible when you're making million dollar decisions. Um, and hell sometimes billion dollars, decisions. right. <laughs> you know, when you're <laughs> doing acquisition divestor type stuff, I mean, you know, people spending billions of dollars. I mean, look at, I mean, Grayson mill, I think Equinor sat oil at the time bought the asset that we're operating at for 4 billion. And they sold it to us for $900 million. So someone, Jeez. You know,
2: someone's data was not correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or nice.
3: assumptions, you know, which again, there's a lot of that in data. But um, yeah, I mean, ultimately it's about being able to make you know, better decisions and mm-hmm. you know, optimize the business.
2: So the other question I had, which I think a lot of people will find interesting, because I don't feel like a lot of people that are outside, even within the industry, don't really know a lot about it. But the univer- your experience at University Lands Can you just talk, kind of give an i like high level overview of like what they are, what that is, what they do, how that ties into everything. Cause it's, I feel like unless, you know, you have like, you have no idea and it's completely like shocking to you that (laughs) the university system in Texas is the largest landholder, right? Or mineral holder.
3: Yeah, I think well that and then even the the endowment is like right, now yeah. one of the largest, if not the largest in the country. But yeah, so university lands is part of the UT system. And I mean, this goes back even before the whole oil and gas boom and, you know, a spindle tap and all that stuff, but this was like 1800s, but there were like land grants and whatever. But, um, ultimately once oil boom and they just discovered oil in the Permian, um, yeah, so, I mean, long story short, there's 2.1 million acres of land that UT owns mainly in West Texas and about a million acres oh, yeah. of that is oil and gas producing um and That's... it's all in pretty solid parts of the hmm. permian um so basically all the royalties from that go into what's called the permanent university fund um and so university lands is in charge of getting the money into there and then there's another group called Utimco that manages the endowment that that goes into um but I think at this point, I man, it's like twenty-three billion dollars. that the, the permanent university fund is worth, and I think in the last year was a record year. I think their fiscal calendar was September to September, and I think did well over a billion dollars this year to so, go into
1: it. Yeah, what do they use that money for?
3: Uh, I mean, it gets split out between all the school. So I set back, two thirds of that goes to actually to the UT system, and mm-hmm. one third goes to A and M. I think there was some really yeah. worked out. I think A yeah. and M half, but i guess you know, be happy with the third that you right got. take what um, you can
1: get
2: so yeah it's a and m ut but so i mean it's all, all the ut, UT, UT system and the ut right?
3: schools i mean yeah. uh ut arlington oh you true. Know, yeah uh, utsa md anderson right. so it's like oil and gas cures ah, cancer um dang
1: you know,
2: i didn't think
3: about it that way yeah that's great
2: yeah. they we educate children <laughs> and we cure cancer but right? i think like, yeah i mean i think there's a lot of
3: scholarships and then mm-hmm. stuff goes into infrastructure uh for the schools um and that that's the main part of it like the so the oil and gas royalties go into that, but there's also right. like they have like surface rights also. So okay. you know, grazing, solar, wind, cattle, right away, all this kind of stuff. So all the money from that type of stuff goes like right into what's called the auxiliary fund, and then that gets just broken out and distributed every year. So mm-hmm. like the, the endowment goes up in there and it is invested and saved, and then they choose distributions each year to send out to schools. So they're
1: just stuff. like rolling in the dough. Yeah, that's over why. There.
2: That's why A uh, and M can pay Jimbo Fisher and. <laughs> Have the best recruiting class and be terrible. So they at football. don't care if
1: they want to fire him and lose ninety million yes. like, dollars. They, they don't need it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oil and gas. None of us are are AM fans, so we can't uh comment directly on Whatever that. Whatever
1: the opposite of an AM fan is, that's me. that's you.
2: It's most of us, yeah. I would believe. Me, <laughs> We're all Texas fans. Um
1: <laughs> to be fair, I don't really care about AM. I just am not a Jimbo fan for obvious reasons.
2: Yeah. Someone had a hard breakup with Jim, or did you want him Where's gone? You?
1: He left us, like the yeah. little Christmas Grinch he is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grinch. He, he is. He put his is Christmas he a tree. or
2: is he a he saving put, grace? He put his Christmas tree on the year.
1: street and just jetted out. Later. He
2: Later.
1: did. Well, we're back, so.
2: Y'all are back in a much better way than <laughs> Yeah. You know,
1: yeah. Know. So. Maybe he did y'all a favor. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. Like, did. Again. Every yeah. time I meet him from a and i A&M, I'm like, so how's that working out? Yeah, and exactly. I, so You couldn't that's have him back. Sure. I'm like, enjoy.
2: But no, that's Sorry. uh, continue. No, you're good. But, but yeah, I
3: mean, ultimately, so really, they've been operating for a while, mm. but it was about probably, I guess, six or seven plus years or so ago now. Some of the, I think some of the uh, people on the board at UT were like, wait, we've got this asset mm. and we're not optimizing it. We did they, they didn't have an oil and gas like group of like engineers and geologists and such right. to to manage the land and make sure that the operators that were on it were actually doing the right thing, you know, it's not destroying value and everything. Yeah. So, they spun up a group of again of geologists and engineers like kind of a you know subsurface team and um i'd end up joining them to help them like wrangle the data because through our lease agreements we have access to any data that's created on the land so drilling oh. completions like and detailed stuff that most people don't have access to so we were able to take that and generate insights and go back to operators and be like look you're you're doing really well with this or hey these people yeah. in you know adjacent uh, acreage are doing better and here's what we think you could do to optimize that and there were different levers that could be pulled as far as you know royalty like hey we think right. this will help you that much that so we'll give you a discount on the royalty and so on so
1: so give me give us an example of like the type of data that you would like pull from like land like is this it just like, huh? <clears throat> just like one, one one just like one one basic example of, like it? i mean,
3: is I mean it, you're saying like at university lands or just in general oil and gas either one I mean, because ultimately the data ended up was the same, like the operators would send it to us. But, I mean, there's a whole spectrum. I mean, on a day-to-day basis, we're focused on, like, the oil and gas production, how much oil or gas mm-hmm. and water or whatever do we produce in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, drilling. I mean, how f- deeper are we? How fast? You know, mm-hmm. cycle times, uh, completions, how much, you know, fluid and everything's pumped down. Right. I mean, but it, we were solving that problem or trying to solve that problem at um, RDS, too. I mean, there's so much – I mean, horsepower. There's so many things you could optimize right. there. Um I mean, on the land side, there's all like it's a geospatial thing. Like you've got two dimensional, but also three dimensional problems because right. like it's like at certain depths, certain mineral owners own c- only down to this depth, and so on. Uh, accounting data, and then and ultimately, and that's kind of you know maybe we'll get to, but like the, what my job is is just integrating all that data. Like because while they seem yeah you know, in their own little silo or vacuum, it yeah. all ends up coming to play, and that's probably what's been the coolest thing about being at Grayson Mills. Like I'm starting to see that full picture, whereas like. Conoco, I was in a reservoir engineering group, and
4: mm-hmm.
3: um you know, University Lands was a little more broad scope, but it was still focused on more on the subsurface right. and everything. But now I'm seeing how it plays across the whole business and how, like, you know, the the economics and the
1: mm-hmm.
3: accounting side plays a big role yeah. in basically everything, mm-hmm. and how the upstream feeds into the midstream side. It's you know, it's pretty fascinating. So yeah. you're
1: taking all the data and you know, saying we're good at this, we're not good at this. This is too fast, this is too slow. We need to do more of this, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You like also like looking for patterns to
3: yeah yeah i mean there's so i mean i think with uh data in general there's kind of like these m- maybe three types of basic analytics and there's mm-hmm. like descriptive analytics which is like what happened in the past like, you yeah. know, the last mm-hmm. day or two years whatever right. um and i mean honestly that's like still a huge part of it there's still, still a ton of like you know quote unquote low-hanging fruit right like in that space but then there's predictive <laughs> analytics which is trying to predict what's going to happen mm-hmm In the future so you know say in the oil and gas space you think you know definitely we've been doing it for years of like forecasting wells production like here's how much it's made and then we're going to fit curves through it um know, to predict Mm -hmm. how much we're going to make and then there's also prescriptive analytics which is like hey i think you should do this based on the data and like the patterns like you're talking about so you start getting some of that maybe even more on the real time side where we're drilling or completing and you again you see patterns and it's like hey we should stop frack because we think we're going to screen out you know i don't know if anyone's gotten that holy grail yet but or yeah, um <laughs> or, or you know you need to you know speed up the drill but you know back it down right. and i'm gonna get way outside my depth you know if i get too far talking about drilling but um but you can use the data to help you know prescribe like what should you be doing right. also um so but then it's just a matter of like kind of pulling all together creating business metrics you know mm-hmm. one that's you know we're using and that's pretty common is like say loe per barrel like basically how much does it cost us to get a barrel of oil out of the ground like, mm-hmm. um just for all the 101s there what does loe mean yeah sorry loe is uh the lease operating expense okay um you know it can get down to a well level and then <clears throat> that can come all the way up to like different you know buckets you know whether right. it's you know different areas yeah. and assets and so on
1: when i would assume you would probably want that number to be as low as possible. Yeah, of mm-hmm.
2: course. And um that's, that's the the game plan for most people, but not always the case. Right. Well, that's the I think that's really the the more one of the interesting things about it generally speaking, right, is like people think of like the traditional perception of oil and gas as it's, you know, this big archaic old you know, industry so to speak and it's like well, it's incredibly complex like uh on that um the call that i don't remember whiskey yeah the data and whiskey deal shameless plug for jeff hughes and the rest (laughs) of those guys for hosting that but uh they were talking about you know how do we uh basically back out a unique identifier right for like our wells yeah right and so like thinking about it even at that right like okay what do we how do we uniquely identify everything associated with a well and it's like well you know, on the accounting side, you've got X, Y, and Z. And then like, okay, we've got the API, the American Petroleum Institute standards for assigning wells, these unique IDs, but even those get tricky and people don't abide by all of those things. And then it's like, one of y'all mentioned, you know, recompletes, right? Like yeah. that gets a new API number, even though it's the same well bore. So then, how do you but handle that? That's a vertical that? well, but right. horizontal right. wells aren't handled the same way. Right. I mean, and so yeah. how do you handle that on the accounting side when it's the same well, but it's a different API number well, and like all well, of these different it, and things? And then it
3: all ties right? into land. Like, so like the right. land side of it, because then anytime, like, say, in this case, he's talking about a recomplete, so like a refract, like they fracked it before and maybe yeah. a couple years later, maybe it wasn't optimal, they came and refracked it. So that's a like a capital expenditure. Mm-hmm. And then, I think if you come up with the CapEx above a certain level or capital project, you have to go back out to the land or the working interest owners and say, are you willing to pay your portion of this? And if not, they, they non-consent. So like they could yeah. be getting paid from that. Well, currently, but if they don't want to spend the money on that portion of it. Then a whole new like uh deck of not, uh, yeah. you know, that they get paid, paid on paid. Uh, is started and then they don't get paid until that pays out to right. all the other working interest yeah. owners. So it's like, You start to see these chain reactions of like so i was working on refracts at conoco we were helping identify wells that should be refracted and identifying from subsurface but i was in my own little bubble and had no idea the implications downstream on the accounting side or the, the land side
2: it's a giant logistical machine right like people don't i mean even just something as simple as like the minerals right like people don't realize that you know whoever's grandparents originally owned those minerals or great 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 grandparents back in the 1700s or whatever Has now been distributed amongst every single one of their relatives that has ever been born. If they didn't sell it, or they might have sold fifty percent to some other family, and now it has been passed down through all of these kids. And so now Mm -hmm. you've got you know one twenty eighth, one sixty four. You've got all that was wild. Fractional interest. When I
1: got into, I guess like energy, just I don't think I realized that mineral rights and subsurface rights, all that Mm, was a thing. thing, That I was just like, oh, in my mind, I'm like. People own land that they drill oil on. Well,
2: that's the Mm -hmm. the, big thing a lot of people don't realize, and I didn't realize it until I think I learned it in my master's program, but uh, is that the U.S. is the only country in the world where individuals can own mineral rights. Yeah. Mm. In every other country, the country the government owns it. Yeah, which okay. is why you own all the surface, of them, but then
3: whatever happens below
2: that. Yeah. Right. Which is why every country has their own international oil company. Oil company because the oil company owns all the mineral rights. Right. So they get all of the money for it, which is why they're all typically pretty corrupt. But yeah. And most of the mm. civilians hate them because they don't get that. any benefits from it.
1: now I'm mad at my ancestors for not
2: (laughs) securing it. Yeah. And then it gets even more complicated because in certain, it's also a state by state thing. So like in some States you can break up the vertical, like, so you can own the lease from 5,000 feet to from zero to 5,000 feet. And then you could sell the remaining rights from 5,000 to basement to Bobby. And so it's like, okay, well if we're producing Above five thousand feet, then it goes to you. But mm-hmm. if we're producing below, then it goes to him. Mm-hmm. What if we're producing yes. from both at the same time? Right. Does well that so happens.
3: Then you can get in, like, I mean, how high did the fracks propagate? Like so are right. your fracks going up and are they draining a portion of mine? And then should we be distributing that like by It yeah. sounds like portion? a very
0: like messy. It is.
3: Awesome. Oh, it's extremely yeah. messy. Well, and yeah. so is
1: it the I feel like this is a dumb question. Is it the Perfect. drilling company that pays whoever owns
3: uh, the, the operator? The operator. Yeah. yeah.
1: Says, we're gonna, we want to come drill. You have the mineral rights. We're gonna pay you this much to do that.
3: A, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, again, I like, got a high speaking. level. I mean, right. Again, anytime you get lawyers, you can really blur the lines yeah. really quick. But
2: yeah, uh, I mean, there's the what the working interest and then the uh, I forgot the other the royalty one, royalty interest, royalty interest. And, and it well, even though there's
3: overriding, right? The overrides, and, like yeah.
2: all the land stuff gets really interesting, the production stuff gets interesting, but I feel like it's generally straightforward once you know the lingo but it's essentially who is who's got working interest who's got royalties which ultimately boils down to who's paying in and how much are you getting paid out ultimately is how that kind of breaks down and like a lot of that i believe originally stemmed from like these big international uh wells historically where like shell conoco whoever would go into you know whatever foreign oil field Mm -hmm. doing work for these big national international uh oil and gas companies and it's you know you're talking about hundreds of millions if not bi- probably billions of dollars to spend and they're sitting there like hey that's a really big risk right for us mm-hmm. to go spend a mm-hmm. billion dollars on this offshore project in Guyana that we literally know nothing right. about the geology the reservoir anything and so they start fractionalizing it by saying okay we'll take 50% and Conoco you take the other 50% mm-hmm. and that way if it's a dud it's not that painful to right. us as a company versus just going all in. It's kind of the same thing ultimately mixed with all the yeah. messy family royalty pass downs and yeah, no, selling and all of that stuff. You know, I feel like
3: North Dakota is even
2: worse. I like, see, and that's but, the thing; I, don't, yeah. I have no experience in North Dakota, so I don't even know. But that's the other crazy part is that everything also has state. Every state has their own regulations that are all different Mm -hmm. even like on the that's actually an interesting question like on the data side which state has the best data and which state (laughs) state has the worst data um so i
3: mean again all the regulatory bodies i mean i've really only dealt with two so far i mean i've dealt with the railroad commission in texas and then the ndic up in north dakota and i mean i just speaking i think they're pretty similar except the ndic is better because they allocate well allocate production per well mm-hmm. whereas the that's a uh,
2: interesting topic i think you should dive into right now <laughs> explain it back up and explain yeah so that.
3: in texas Texas. all right so first it comes down to how is a well classified i think that's it gets classified based off its initial well test i think um but it's either classified as an oil well or a gas well right mm-hmm. but i mean that's not to we say yeah there's but that's not to say a gas well can't produce oil it's just and, it's the right. the ratio
1: okay uh
3: like would well, the majority uh, majority it would be you know, would be gas, Got natural it. gas in that case. But if it's a gas, well, so if it or a lease rather, I'm sorry, I need to say it's a we I'm <laughs> also kidding. So <laughs> uh, it's oil lease or gas lease. So okay. if it's a gas lease, they have to re- operators have to report the data per well. Mm-hmm. If it's an oil lease, they can commingle it all and just like report it at a lease level. Mm. What
2: does that mean for
3: the So you don't know what each person.
1: individual well is doing. You just know collectively. C-
3: correct. So. That's where like some of these uh, third-party data vendors like with um, IHS, they got bought by S&P Global, but in and, and various and well database, they, they have allocation algorithms or methods. So one thing that does get re- recorded per well, and it, it's on a semi-regular basis as well, test individual well tests. So they'll take some of the well tests, or if they knew it was only one well on lease for a while, but now they brought on three wells, like they can kind of like use those to kind of back out
4: Mm -hmm. to allocate
3: the data to a specific well but when you're using it you have to always take it with a grain of salt because that's not what that well made whereas in north dakota when i get it from you know any of the sources whether it's direct from the ndic or you know embarrass or whatever like that is what that well made in that yeah
1: my boyfriend used to work for one of those companies you just mentioned and he told me that they just still used excel and that it was a hot mess
2: it doesn't surprise me well yeah i mean that's that's the the thing right is like good good A lease can have no wells it can have lots of wells mm-hmm. and so like the fact that in te- I don't know I'm sure that was made Seems a, a little long shady. time ago that decision was made without any uh understanding or context of what the future would look like as far as all that stuff goes but yeah it's like hey if I'm an operator and I've got this lease and it's for oil wells and I drill five really crappy ones but I have one really good one right no one's gonna know because yeah generally speaking but the more wells I put, the less I have, the less room I have to kind of hide that, mm-hmm. so to speak. But yeah, it's like, so now if I'm Bobby's competitor and I'm using this public data, I don't really have a great understanding of, I mean, generally speaking, I kind of do, but it's very hard for the industry to <laughs> to do that, right? Yeah. Like even within the same company, right? <laughs> like you've got North Dakota data, which probably has different structure, different requirements, and all that, versus the Texas data that You've yeah. got all this co-mingling.
1: Is every operator required to send data to someone?
2: Yeah. I mean, they're there's required.
1: Which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, but.
2: So you've got all the, per, you, you've you got like the permitting process and stuff, which is all state dependent. Right. Um, And then you've got, yeah, you know, the requirements that you, yeah, you have to re- report, report for report, those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like production,
3: mm-hmm. especially. I mean, yep. but even then say on the completion side now, they've got frack focus, mm-hmm. um, which is like a. That was an environmental thing, right like ultimately that like-
2: stemmed from uh the joke of a movie that I will adamantly call it that until I die, <laughs> even though I believe it won some prestigious <laughs> awards uh called gasland that i'm I don't want to give any more time to on this show because it's a joke but um <laughs> it came from yeah, a lot of uh poorly framed and uh whatever fear mongering from that movie where people thought that when we were fracking we were you know contaminating people's water supplies and so that they could light it on fire and we were pumping all these
1: oh my god i feel like i saw crazy, like
2: crazy chemicals yeah that, and then you know then you come to find out that 99 percent of a frack is water mm-hmm. and it's like okay yeah. so 90 right. and then like even then i've seen people are like oh yeah you know they're using acetic acid acetic acid is vinegar yeah and it's like it's just this fear mongering right right? like people don't know so they don't know and so there was all this pushback and stuff and so they wanted the oil and gas companies or the service companies basically to report what chemicals they were using Mm -hmm. the flip side of that was well these are our like every service company has patents around the chemicals and their compositions and all that stuff so that's like their ip yeah so like we can't report our IP because then that just gives it away to all of our competitors. And so back and forth anyway, they've got, they now report most of that data, just generally high level.
1: So who uh, does that go to here in Texas?
2: That well, goes to frack focus. To FRAC focus is like a,
3: it's a national organization. Oh, there, right? Okay. Um, so that's a, yeah, that's, that's one more at a, at a higher level that has to get reported gotcha. there. But
2: well, yeah, cause even initially, right? Like I believe when that first started, it was optional to report it and like probably, yeah. Yeah. And now it's required. Right. And so, I'm not against regulations by any means. Those things like that, I feel like we need to do more of where it's like, yeah. Hey, we have this data. It's valuable. It's, it's useful. Good faith, yeah. It needs to be yeah. reported. Right. Yeah. Cool. Now that's, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot, like people don't realize just how much interconnected create, like crazy data. Even again, going back to the land side, my roommate, when I first moved down here was a land man and he just started and he was, Got back from work, and he was like, yeah, I, I went from, you know, whatever, 18-something to 1930. And I was like, that's a really random, like, time frame. I was like, why did you, is it, like, is that where the, the agreements started or whatever? He's like, no, they go back another couple hundred years. He was like, that's when they started using a typewriter. It's like, everything before that is literally handwritten that mm-hmm. these land guys are going through manually. By hand Jeez. to find That's whose what, family owned it and who sold it and whose kids and all that stuff. And it's like, it's just. Wait, how nightmare. long have
0: you been in, working in the industry? Was, eight years. Can you like describe what it was like eight years ago to, to now, another, like in regarding tech, technology?
3: <clears> sure. Like um, in the
0: past week, AI has completely. Well, oh my God, I know. uh yeah, yeah. no, you know?
3: uh No, definitely there. um I mean, I think this is a big thing is kind of like the. I think the cloud has been like is really advanced. It, it was still it was there, but it's really just taken off now. And just how much compute capacity and just how well, fast e- we can chew through data. You, what
2: even their adoption, right? Like because a lot yeah. of people were very hesitant to go into the cloud to begin with. Yeah.
3: But, well, I mean, like Conoco, when I started, like we were we were getting our new data warehouse, which was with a vendor. Like a, mm-hmm. It was a technology called Teradata, and it was a big deal. Um, but th- that was all deployed on our own servers on premises. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, I mean, like say you know, a lot of companies using Snowflake or BigQuery, which is like Google's data warehouse. And those are all done in the cloud. And it's like you can go sign up for right now, you know, yeah. if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And within, you know, five, ten minutes, you could have literally like basically a supercomputer data warehouse at your at your fingertips. You yeah. can scale it up to as much computers you would ever need. Um, and then
2: scale it down. That's yeah. And
3: scale down, turn it off. Like so um I think it's just that ability, not just with data warehousing, but just you just, just the services compute. i mean how fast you can get up and running and just have c- compute to do things yeah. they need to do um yeah because i mean like i mean one thing too it used to be kind of a has and have nots kind of thing where it's mm-hmm. like you know conoco and bp or even though you look on a s- service like slumberj like had these huge data rooms but then like you know obviously little guys didn't but now i mean a little guy could have access to that if they wanted to mm-hmm. just right. by lo- logging into aws or azure yep um and that people used to have to wait Weeks or months in a queue to run a reservoir simulation on these high-powered machines. Wow! Um, you know that they, they just had to wait for it; it, just, right. it wasn't available. And now it's like, well, now you can spin up a reservoir simulator on Azure and run it with a mm-hmm. more compute than you ever had available before, <laughs> run it with
2: an infinite amount of compute. Yeah, I mean obviously
3: you, you, know, you can pay for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. for that, but for that instance, but like you don't have to buy the. I was gonna say the alternative servers. is
2: so much heavier lift, right? Like you've got to physically go out. Get your IT department to buy the servers, yeah. which mm-hmm. costs money. Then they have to set up the servers, or they've got to be delivered. COVID made that even more fun. And then they've <laughs> got to stand them up, set them up, do all the permit. Like you're talking about, what weeks to months at least? Yeah, well, once and it's, especially a- once if you it's factor, approved. Yeah, like, I think like, like, like
3: yeah, the whole procurement process yeah. itself could be just a nightmare. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think it's just the velocity at which you can do things now. I mean, mm-hmm. again, just having it available. Then also how fast it can chew through data. I think what was a big data problem eight years ago is not you know blip didn't. now i mean just, just right. so much data gets generated what well, i mean what they always say it's like 98 9% of the data has been generated in the last like 10 years yeah. or something like that like in the world oh, like it's, of all time yeah it's just yeah. like it's just infinite growth and in mean you've got all right. the iot devices i mean your phones are generating data every second you know yeah. and it's just yeah. um data's just growing exponentially so what what was a problem a long time ago is not a problem anymore because we mm-hmm. just have more compute at our fingertips. So.
1: Yeah, and even I know – so Jules runs all of our social media and her and Julie all the time talk about our, like, user data and what – you know, it's – again, it's wild to me that when I came on board, like, I didn't know that when someone buys a ticket to Empower or whatever, we know exactly, like – yeah you can trace how it they all the way. got there got that, and yeah. where they the data and like where they clicked from and
2: yeah, I mean, click it's nuts if we're doing our job right we should know that
1: it's yeah. it's
2: not always right. the case for most some companies but it's uh it, yeah. i mean the it's internet so is useful
1: it really is but it's yeah. i mean i get why it's so important cuz you you know you want that data for past present future and to make business
0: decisions and we you know right cuz otherwise you're just kind of floating guessing right. you yeah. are but right
1: and it's well, nice and to know you, yeah i mean it's
3: much the same you were asking earlier, why is it important or ever but like i mean it's, it's how do you allocate your money then right i mean like a marketing right. thing it's like yeah yeah do i allocate it to instagram or to mm-hmm. twitter or you know right. tiktok you know i mean right like, or even because i know what's actually which, driving
2: which ad on those platforms yeah that's it's really like yeah what best. kind of content
3: right. is is generating you know leads and yeah. so on mm-hmm. so um yeah i mean it's and i guess you know that is where the whole like it's been 10, 15 years, but the whole data is the new oil thing. Right. Cause like there's just so much, there's yeah. so much of it and there's so much to be, you know, but you have to really refine it and pull it out yeah. and like to get the insights that you need. I feel so.
1: like if someone put some sort of like data report in front of me, I would, Oh, I would pass <laughs> like, I out. I would just look at it. But, like, I mean, that's honestly, that's what, but I think Roll that's the, into the back of my head. But I think that's
3: like my job, Yeah, you know, is to like put it, out to most business users in like a consumable format. They don't need to, they don't need to know how the sausage is made. Right. But like when they get it, they, you know, you give them something that they can understand and can make better decisions. They
2: want it to look nice, look appetizing and taste good when they consume it. That's, I mean, that's ultimately like, I feel like probably in the last five, 10 years, that's become the bigger problem is it's not, we need the, it went from, we need more data to, we have too much data that we have so much data that we as human beings can't even start putting it all together because there is generally so So much much data. Yeah. And so now that's where I think like you were talking about, right. With a lot of the AI stuff, like that is going to be one of the biggest kind of crutches assists short term, at least for every industry is just the ability for a computer to you, you to load a bunch of data into a database or point it to a certain spot with relatively minimal effort and then it to start telling you, Hey, these things are related. And Mm -hmm, if you uh do more of this, that means this thing goes up or this thing goes down. I mean, even basic stuff like when we were at, when Bobby and I worked together, right? Like I looked at all these different variables that went into, you know, from the energy industry, like rig count and permits and all of this stuff. And ultimately it was all driven by oil price right and it's like at yeah. the end of the day if oil prices are down guess what you're right. probably not gonna be making as much money yeah. but if they're up probably gonna be making a little bit more money
1: it sounds like a their friends are like a science fair project where I mean, you like are making these like correlations between yeah yeah variables and if this then this and you know
2: it's a lot of what it it is
3: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah well it's funny you said if this and this because like you know, what is there's some of those memes, but it's like, you know, what you think is AI is really just an if then statement, you know, <laughs> bed, it's like
2: yeah. It statements. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um,
2: it's one of my favorite.
3: Well, but I mean, I think your point too. like kind of gets into like I talked about like kind of the basic types of analytics, like, you know, predictive or, you know, descriptive, predictive or and prescriptive. But there's kind of another, you know, like, expanded perspective one. Perspective. And there's, there's also like they talk about cognitive analytics where it's like the. Algorithms or whatever are generating questions that you didn't even know you had about the, the data, right. you know, like it's
1: yeah. nuts. Yeah it's Kind of scary. Yeah It's a going to get scary I know <laughs> Yeah, I mean John and I talk about it, you know, know, a little bit about
3: this, you know, it's been about two or three weeks in chat GPT thing But yeah. it's like and that's like one of the first iterations like I man, know and it's, it's gonna, only been out a few weeks And
0: like, you walk into the office and it's up on everyone's computer yeah, screen yeah. Everyone's just talking earned, to the It has earned robot. a
2: shortcut on my home page on my
0: phone
2: <laughs> Because <laughs> it's like hey
0: that's a big deal.
2: That's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the
3: odd <laughs> adoption was ridiculous too. It's like a million people in the first like. N- not even the yeah. first week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you'll
2: reposted. get lucky
0: if you log in and it lets you in and then they're not, I know, we're yeah, it's overloaded not, right now.
2: <laughs> well, I saw something on Twitter that it's like millions of dollars a day for them to it. was like three million, million a day
3: to, to run it. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the, the servers and stuff that are yeah. running behind it and yeah. I guess people to maintain. But like, oh, but I saw today what Microsoft invested a billion dollars in it. And I was, was going to say more,
0: someone. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's. Yeah. Even Canva, Julie was showing me today, like Canva mm-hmm. now Canva's has got their the own new AI right text to image
2: generator yeah. like Dolly.
0: Like what? It's
2: yep. crazy. It's uh like I said, I think I've told you all this, but I've genuinely haven't felt like I haven't used a technology where I was like, Man, this is a real game changer like that since I was on like aim and like <laughs> Napster. Like,
1: yeah. Where
2: you're like, Holy shit, this changes mm-hmm. like, everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember the the Napster days was like, hey, I need Photoshop because I want to do make a stupid picture. Oh, I can go on a Napster and download it for free. Like and then that all went away. Right. But now mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of the same thing. Like we don't even know how this is going to yeah. affect all of our lives. Make it,
3: and everyone's even just thinking about like the app itself right now. But it, really, there's going to be right. all the APIs behind it where people are going to build products on top of it. Yeah. Um, okay.
2: Yeah. So Tell people what APIs are. And how, oh, yeah. OK. And so and yeah, APIs, how do you use
3: it which it's funny too, because I know he mentioned the API, American Petroleum Institute, mm-hmm. so it can get really fuzzy if you're like a data computer person working in um, oil and goes. gas because uh, there's APIs that it's the application programming interface okay. or like the most common, when people say API, usually they mean what's called a REST floor API and I don't remember what the that acronym is mm. for REST necessarily, but, uh, but essentially it's a way for different applications to talk to each other Got or it. websites to talk to each other. Yeah. So, you know, again, like, facebook instagram or like they all mm-hmm. have apis and you can yeah. hit those apis and get you know information mm-hmm. out of it from behind or you can connect two applications together so that you can transfer data back and forth between them yeah um so again so speaking of like chat gpt like you can write apis against it and like have your own chat bots that are you know utilizing chat gpt in the back end but like you're providing the interface to get it in and serve it out to people in a way that they can use it more effectively i've
2: got a uh i've got a slack chat gpt zapier uh walk guide bookmarked for for next week that i'm gonna start i feel like these are the things that
1: like bring john joy oh
2: it it absolutely does yeah anytime i can (laughs) anytime i feel like i can save someone a (laughs) few minutes on like what they're doing i feel like like so i'm an engineer right like i've been on the sales and kind of data side most of my career but as an engineer at my core i like fixing things i like making things I'm always looking easier. at like, yeah. Mm-hmm. How can like, we integrate? How can we make this more efficient? That word efficient? comes
0: out of your mouth probably <laughs> 50 times a day. <laughs> We're going to make a how drinking we, game. How can we integrate that into HubSpot? Yeah. <laughs> Drink every time John
2: says it. That's a new game in the office. That's actually a fun one. Because ultimately, that's, I mean, that's like kind of what Bobby's talking about, right? It's like, Data, you know, we have our Google Analytics data, we've got our Instagram data, we've got our Facebook data, we've got mm. our LinkedIn data, we've got our TikTok data, we've got our <laughs> HubSpot data, yeah. and you've got, and we've got email, like you've got data from all of these sources. And like to your point, like if that's all set up correctly, then we should know that, you know, Bobby saw an Instagram post, liked this LinkedIn post, uh, clicked the link and the email that Julie sent, which mm-hmm. led him to this page. And that was when he bought his empowered ticket yeah right and like that's good for us to know because we can start refining that process seeing where our customers like being served content where they don't what Mm -hmm. type of content they like being served so on and so forth and so like ultimately it makes everyone's experience better right like we're more efficient at what we do our customers are happier because we're not bombarding them with a bunch of crap where they don't want to get it Mm -hmm. and yeah it's uh but yeah, at the end of the day, I just like to fix stuff. How do
1: I change my data so that my Instagram ads aren't dresses that are $900? <laughs> yeah. Because I see <laughs> them and I'm like, I need that for whatever. It's so cute. And I click on it and it's $900. I'm like, I can't afford that. I'm mm-hmm. a
2: big proponent of Rent the Runway. So, oh, thank you, um,
1: John. <laughs> I've
3: been married
2: for a <laughs> I long know. time. So
3: it's, uh, yeah, I was going to say stop shopping at Revolver. or <laughs> quit following
1: yeah, they all can't, but it, it comes in two days. It's so fast. Mm-hmm. And it's free returns. Like they're yeah. Yeah. they have nine hundred dollars, <laughs> like, but in two days. Like if like, I need something yeah. last minute, I'm spending more money because I know Revolve's gonna get it to me in two days. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I saw like a Twitter Instagram I saw some post or meme today and it was like two ninety nine plus twenty five dollar shipping, hell no. Three hundred twenty-five dollars plus free shipping. Absolutely, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> It's so yeah, true. It's I mean, it's just, it's it's just consumer, it's yeah. consumer psychology. It's. I love it, yeah.
1: Jules. Uh, do you have anything to add before Jules drives it home with our?
2: I've got one questions. question all right. before we get to Jules. What are you most excited about in the data space? Mm, that's
1: a good one that's for
2: good the one. energy industry in the next you know five years. Um or it doesn't even have yeah. to be one thing, but like what, what are areas where you're, you see like significant kind of game changing impacts in the energy data technologies? Yeah. I, I don't
3: know why it's popping in my head, but like, I'm saying maybe like if they are able to deploy like 5g, like in the field, I yeah. mean, cause you're gonna be able to push more, so more data. data out. I mean, you know, Get more data back in for us to consume but also like make it more actionable like on the edge for the like, people just start that are to automate
2: some more things yeah and, and then again you can reduce you know
3: manpower out there where it's more dangerous right. um but yeah i, mean, I, I see that being a, a big game changer just where like just we can already do a lot out there but even just to see where that takes us um yeah i, I think 5g because i mean i think the, the cloud is going to be there and i think it'll be pretty impressive where it goes but i think it's just going to be a right. one to end kind of thing rather than zero i think you can maybe go more zero to one type right out in the field like with 5g
2: what's the most frustrating thing in the data technology space from a from your perspective experience um because i asked you made me think of that because when you said 5g and more data i was like just what the oil field needs is more crappy data
3: (laughs) yeah i mean i think just it's it's the job, right? But, like, data quality is always just going to always be a thing. Again, yeah. Um, you Yeah, know, we try to handle that as best we can. But just, again, the more you get, then it's even more of a burden to – I mean, I guess it's a good thing for me from job security. But, like um, – yeah. When
2: when nobody will adopt a standard for any type of data that uh, in the oil field, that at least yeah. the service companies, Sh- direct <laughs> message to every service company that's listening, <laughs> please figure out – even if it's just your own – Internal yeah. company data standard. Well, I think Please you standardized your data.
3: Yeah, I think you I mean it's not perfect, but I think you saw when when drilling brought in Whitsimul, like it's allowed a lot more innovation on mm-hmm. in that side, and that's why it's a lot further ahead, I think, than some other sides of the, the um operations side of the business.
2: This is not Bobby plugging Whitsimell. For, no, it's not. I for don't, completions. Yeah, data. <laughs> no, but I mean, just
3: like, but the fact this that there was a standard, that people were able to build of <laughs> yeah. that, you know, much like, I mean, I guess someone would be excited about, like, if OSDU could actually, can actually do it. I think that'd be interesting. Uh, that's open subsurface data universe. I think Shell, and it's a big consortium, mm-hmm. but like they're trying to work on like a data standard, which would, would allow like APIs between mo- a bunch of oil field products and cool. operators. Um, so they're trying to make it happen. I think people have tried before. I hope they can do it, you know, but i yeah. um, not optimistic, to, again, just because the industry is resistant sometimes to change. But I think that's one of those things where then cause I think the banking industry did it. And then that's where you're able to get like things like Stripe and Plaid out of it that allow you to, you know, communicate with banks and do
4: yeah.
3: transactions a lot more easily. So I think if they can get there with a standard like that, then it'll it'll really make the use of data a lot more seamless and, and better. So
2: my last awesome. piece of rant from that conversation, <laughs> which is quit Making consortiums where you have to pay a ton of money to participate in them because that defeats John's the entire purpose. <laughs> All of our listeners. <laughs> these are just things that infuriate the help me so much about our industry. It's like, hey, we've got this data problem. Let's create a consortium so we can come up with a data standard. Okay, great. It's $250,000 to join the consortium if you just want to join. It's a million dollars if you, I'm not I'm making these numbers up, but it's like if you're a small service company, your operator, like, you're not going to pay that because Mm -hmm. it's unnecessary, right? Like, and then you look at like the tech space and you've got like Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, like all of these USB, right? Like USB from A to C we're right now, that all came from joint collaboration between the tech companies trying to figure out, hey, we need a way to transfer this. Let's come up with that. They didn't say, hey, everybody that wants to participate, it's going to be $100 hundred million dollars if you dollars. want to be in it. You can't afford it, right? Like it just de- defeats the entire point. Anyway, I'm done with it. rant over. To this is to a Jules. new
1: content idea: rants with John. Yeah, rants <laughs> oh, with Rad yeah. Dad. Rants. Actually... <gasps> rants, with Rad Dad. There you go. I like it.
2: We look forward weekly, to our daily. weekly At segments. The... <laughs> rants with Rad Dad. I mean, with 20, just, 2023. He is, yeah. he is
3: going. You're like, wait, hold that thought.
0: Like, yeah, yeah. Let's get in the studio. <laughs> Where's the phone on. <laughs> Yeah. I love The other thing. Oh, is another one? That. Amount of acronyms that the oil and gas oh, yeah. industry yep. has, I'm just like, Thanks. we
1: need what a glossary. It's, it's every, it's every industry. What now. are you I was,
3: saying? I'm sorry. So, I was just gonna, say, I'll plug one of the few times I'll plug slumber today. They do have an oil and gas uh, glossary. Mm.
0: For really it. for yeah. all mm-hmm. the acronyms?
3: I think that a lot of the most, uh, most of, of, of the it, acronyms yeah. that you would probably hear regularly between. I mean, some mm-hmm. companies are gonna have their own, and that's just yeah, right, right. It, but, um, but yeah, so th- it's pretty good one because uh, yeah, when I walked in the door, you know, again, teacher didn't know
2: anything. I was like sitting in a meeting like.
1: Yeah, I'm like, again. yeah,
2: oh, God, do I ask? them couldn't imagine question or first, do i like, pretend like, I know what they're talking about. Just being like, deer in the what are they talking about? Yeah, P O H. Yeah, right. Like, because we also have some weird acronyms like P O Pooh, or pulling out of hole, and that's on yeah. pretty much every <laughs> drilling report that's ever been created. Okay. I'm showing there's all kinds of here. I do
1: have glossary like it. on my to do list of things for our
0: little energy 101. Yeah, because they'll be talking around basic, and I'm like, what are you saying? What does that? What mean? we're talking yeah. about CAC and LTV, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, <laughs> well, even, yeah. Like, But even like, I'm sitting over in the corner searching <laughs> on Google. I'm like, what does it stand for?
2: <laughs> well, I th- it, like, Colin, Colin adamantly wants us to not use uh, acronyms because yeah, muddy it Excludes us, people, yeah, yeah. we well, general, yeah. right? Yeah, like, we are a team. Excluded. We
3: all
0: came yeah. from outside of oil and gas, so yeah. we're, but we're learning in a constant state learning. of learning.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's. It's it's not industry dependent, though, because like yeah. when I started.
0: No, yeah, I am sure
2: like all the business classes I took when I first started, I was like, what the hell are they talking about? And it's like, it's just a fancy way of saying you're yeah. making money or you're not. <laughs> like Yeah.
0: We just want to make your life harder.
2: <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. It's like it, it makes you, the people that know feel like they're in the yeah. know and the people that <laughs> <Yeah>. don't. <laughs> you yeah, know, don't just right? feel like a
3: total, like, you know, Gen Z thing, but it's like gatekeeping. Right. Really I, that's what I thought about is, when you're going yeah. with the consortium, though, too. It's like it's gatekeeping. You know, you yep. keep those people out. You know, like, yeah. So um, but again, I don't think people are using acronyms to, to do that at all times. But it, I think it is smart to for sure, try to use the, the acronym. Yeah.
0: Thing. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Rapid, Rapid. fire. Number one. Thank what's you. the number one misconception about the energy industry?
3: So I, I I'll okay, I'm gonna keep it kind of on the data theme. I, mm-hmm. I think it's the fact that people think that we don't use data or technology as well as other industries. Um,
0: that's a good one. I mm-hmm. think. Actually.
3: You know, because, again, I think everyone looks at Silicon Valley and everything. Oh, mm-hmm. they're so far ahead and whatever. But and I think, John, I've talked about this a lot. But it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you've got these predictive and prescriptive type things, With say, with Spotify. And, well, if Spotify predicts or says, like, hey, I think you might like the song and you don't like it, you just skip it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Like, what's the consequence? But, like, if you're using AI or machine learning and you, it makes a prediction in the field and, like, <laughs> I mean, like, you can – I mean, there's –
0: major consequences mm, yeah
3: millions of dollars environmental consequences life i mean safety
0: like,
1: yeah, um, yeah so
3: i mean it's just the stakes are a lot higher that you know, sense. if you're wrong mm-hmm. um so i think on that side of it and, and honestly I, I mean oil and gas was solving big data problems before big data became a thing i mean we got seismic and all, i mean even, reservoir simulation even like
2: SCADA, right it's SCADA yeah. has been around for a long time but mostly in industrial or oil and gas applications yeah. almost only, right? And
3: and then like and it's funny everyone thinks that they're behind, right? Like you talk to people on yeah. oil and gas like oh we're so far behind, but then you go talk mm-hmm. to someone in healthcare and it's like oh we're so far behind. Yeah. But like again, heavy heavily regulated right. industries too where mm-hmm. they just can't move as fast. I was
1: gonna, healthcare that. is probably the same way. Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's worse. literally people's lives. Yeah, it's, it's right. definitely
3: worse. It's way I think worse.
2: you know, there's all kinds of data privacy stuff that goes with that. Yeah. Too, mm-hmm. but like even, you know, even when I was at like i right. Like talking to manufacturing and some mining and all these other, things, yeah, they're all, it's all, this, everyone's in the same boat, right? It, yeah. Wireless cellular, like everyone's trying to roll out 5g and 5g requires all of these new additional hardware installations and equipment. And it's like, it's the same thing, right? It's like, Hey, we're trying to upgrade, but <laughs> we've got all this legacy infrastructure, software, hardware, et cetera, that we can't, We've got to figure out what to do with it before we can upgrade. We're not starting from zero.
0: Yeah. Number two, why should we care about the energy industry? Because we came from outside of it. Don't know anything about it. Well,
1: we're learning. Well,
3: I mean. (laughs) Uh, I know like we know know more now than we did. Because, I mean, I think whether you or anyone else knows it or not, like they're consuming (laughs) energy. Mm I mean, I I I think I heard you all talking to some of the other ones, but it's like. You know the electricity doesn't come from the wall right, it, right. You know, like yeah. it gets generated and i don't i think people way underestimate the uh the scope of like what how much the energy industry you know any type of energy like impacts right. their life i mean like oh, going into this, this freeze here pretty soon like yeah. looking back mm-hmm. at uh you know february 2021 like it was amazing like when things were shut down like as far as like people's houses i mean it, we went from a first world to i mean i don't want to over trivialized, like it felt like third world real quick. Like yeah. there was one restaurant open and you got lines out the door yeah. and people are trying yeah. to get what yeah. they can to survive. I mean, no like water, even, no power. Power is down. It was like, it like it went, the apocalypse. Like yeah. that's really what it felt like. And people <laughs> just don't realize, I mean, just how much it impacts. Her. I mean, even I was yeah. thinking, you know, just drive my car. I can sit in a car with air conditioning or heat now and it's, mm-hmm. just, you know, you're comfortable. Like you don't realize how, how comfortable it I mean, it, it's, yeah. People don't realize how much it impacts them until, until it impacts them.
0: Yeah. That's our goal here, yeah. our yeah. underlying theme. Cause every person says the same thing. So we're, plants in their now. brains yes. <laughs> all right last one this is our favorite one what's your most embarrassing story of your career your most embarrassing
2: yeah Since personally <laughs> or professionally or both either
3: yeah i mean i think second and especially now that john's room i'll probably go, like so i was at reservoir data systems and i was working on like an alerting feature and uh I know what you're say. yeah and i was testing it and it was like me and a couple and like i set this thing off and my cell phone and Cecil, our VP of engineering, and like and a couple others, like I tried to turn it off, but like they were just getting hammered doo, 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 with text messages. And it was like 30 minutes to an hour, like
2: of just like an Amber
1: sp- alert level, like just like mm, like
2: was your was text messages, like, but just like constant. Like, oh. like, oh. Like, there were a feed of new text messages. It was literally alerting every second. <laughs> I know this because my yeah. phone was one of the yeah. ones that I was getting this. I was like, I'd, I think I called or text. I don't remember if we were even. Uh, um, I mean, I couldn't the, do it. I couldn't call or text. I mean, because you couldn't do anything. Literally, oh, God. you probably so can't fast. use like, your phone. Yeah. You couldn't do anything and so like i think i came up we just had there. to wait for them to, like because i think
3: it set off a bunch and like they were just all in a queue i guess so It was like yeah. even though i shut off the service like they were you just to wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. i
2: was like bobby what is going on yeah. he's like
0: <laughs> nothing <funny>. just <laughs> it'll go off soon yeah no.
2: yeah, so, yeah it's, so
4: it's,
3: it's, always <laughs> always it's always fun being that guy you know like that
2: That's funny. I, I mean that could have been way worse really well, oh yeah for sure but sending out someone's personal private something to yeah, someone a million sure. times or a picture you don't want someone to see a million times yeah i'm just waiting for alerts. the day
1: that i accidentally keep my computer mirrored to
2: oh
1: god i do it all the time you did that
0: one day luckily it hasn't been weird you were in yet. the conference room yeah and y'all were looking and it was mirroring in the big room but you guys one of these days
2: i'm super cognizant of that with like the audio because we use my phone to play music most of the time yeah. and then like, I do I'll that go to the sometimes. bathroom and like <laughs> totally put one people time. on
0: blast because yeah. you'll be in there and you'll be like I don't know whatever you're listening to yeah. and I'm like, it's
2: like yeah, watch I'm, it I'm death scrolling through Instagram and it's just like reels yeah. playing and I realize there's not sound coming from my phone I'm like mm. oh shit no, no. it's Julie's playing done in the that, office still Julie's like, done that before she'll walk out
0: of the room and we're just like what is that noise she forgot to I love it. Well, Bobby, thank
1: you so much for joining yeah, no, us. For yeah, thanks um, to everyone listening, like I said, last recorded episode of the year, mm-hmm. um, make sure to subscribe if you guys have any ideas of topics you want to learn, people we should talk to, let us know.
2: Check out the, the newsletter as well.
1: Yes, newsletters. Julie's newsletter, Energy 101, um, comes out so you can subscribe on her LinkedIn. And I think from all of us at Digital Wildcatters, happy holidays. Absolutely. Happy New
0: Year. Yeah. And come hang out with us on February 9th at Energy Tech Night. Yes, In the Heights.
2: And then Empower will be a month after that. Yeah. I also want to make sure that everyone knows that this is the day that it's supposed to swing like whatever, 60, (laughs) 70 degrees. And so we'll see how (laughs) this non-event storm that's coming through that they've told us Mm -hmm. we shouldn't have any issues with will actually work in in a week. (laughs) (laughs) Hope so. (laughs)
1: Stay tuned.
2: Bye everybody Bye right. Goodbye